Welcome to the podcast, Too Deep with Dennis and Pless. I'm Dennis Stovall. This is Pless. Let's go. Yo, season two, episode two. Reigning national champions, UGA. What do we got in store for us this year? Um, it is tough to repeat as champion, uh, so the story goes. But, you know, Georgia has a, uh, a very competent coaching staff. Uh, we got a returning quarterback. We've got some names that we do not know now, but by the probably maybe the end of the first quarter, we might be very familiar with the level of talent that Georgia has on defense. What is the offense looking like? That is a huge question mark because not only did they lose so many pieces off of defense, a lot of te- I was going to say a lot of teams uh, doubled up on Georgia players on defense. Um, but on offense, you know, we lost James Cook and Zamir White. We lost two premier running backs, not to mention uh, George Pickens at wide receiver. And through the, uh, the, por- the portal, we lost Burton to Alabama. So I, I – and- I just have to see. I we have the best tight ends by far in the uh, in the country. That that I, I that I am a hundred percent sure about. But the rest of the the rest of the offense, how it's going to to look, that um, that we just have to wait and see. We lost more people on defense last year through the yeah. draft, and so what I'm I'm expecting the UGA offense to carry the team this year over the defense. But the way you're making it sound. Like we're in trouble both ways. Now, do you think my my do you think they'll be able to open it up? Do you think that you're going to see a more vertical passing attack with Georgia? And uh, as because with with Stetson, as you know, he in the championship game you got to see it. But we had we had we had some great receivers that that aren't there right now. So I don't I don't know how they're going to um, how it's going to look. Versus last season, yet. I think they will be able to open it up, and I think they will be more efficient, and I think they'll score more. I think they can carry the defense the first half of the year. Like you said, we have four outstanding tight ends at UGA. Yeah, We do have Dominique, Dominique Blaylock returning from injury. Yeah. We do have Adonai Smith, I think his last name is. Mm-hmm. He stepped up as a freshman. Plus Luke McConkey, stud freshman year. And yeah. you know what? I still don't have any faith in Stetson Bennett. But I will give credit was credit was is due. Like I said last last episode, he stepped up and he delivered in the second half like a true champion. I don't think Kirby Smart will let, you know, the Malays get to them this year. I think they will view it as a another a different year and they will step up. Yeah, I like they, I like their offense. Stetson is the he is the question mark cuz at your you and I are with a whole lot of people who thought that hey, you know, how can nobody beat this guy out in practice or for the starting job? Um, it, it comes down to consistency. He can, 
there are a lot of guys on that on that roster quarterback who can make splash plays, huge down the field, you know, one of a kind plays, but they can't do it with a lot of consistency. Stetson is above all else very consistent, and Kirby Smart knows that consistency at the quarterback position with with great defensive plays and not turning the ball over will put you in position to win a championship. So why don't you like Stetson Bennett? He does not. He well, one. I don't want to say that he's not the he's not the prototypical Georgia quarterback. Uh, he's not able to do the things that I think a starting quarterback of the SEC should do. Uh, we last year he had the great benefit of having this this tremendous once in a generation defense where you know you didn't have to to do a whole lot. You just didn't have to make any mistakes, but. We know what's looming out there. There's a huge showdown with Alabama way on down the line, possibly. There's also maybe a huge showdown with Texas A&M where we're going to have to we're going to have to score some points and we're going to have to to play very aggressively on offense. And the whole deal is how um, can Stetson do that if given the position? Now, we saw one sample size of it in the in the championship game. But we also saw what happened in the SEC championship when he got flustered and he was on that field with some great athletes and they were getting to him. And with this first game, playing against Dan Lanning, who was our defensive coordinator last year, he knows Stetson's limitations. But as all defensive coordinators or former quarterbacks know. I mean, that's, that's kind of – if you see him every day, you know what they're good at, you know what they're not good at. So you kind of you can game plan or try to put them in a position where you can um, shape their game plan for what you want. I don't know what my bias is towards Stetson Bennett as I think about it, because what what are his limitations? What can he do? He's not athletic. He he's he's just not athletic. Well, when you when you think about well, define athle- athletic because he can escape the pocket. He made some great downfield runs throughout the year. Yeah. So what do you mean by he's not athletic? I think that when I think of um, athletic, I mean able to get outside the pocket, make huge plays downfield, able to, to just make when, – when faced with superior defense, superior athletic players on defense, able to, to avoid that and still make the play. And not get flustered, and not get sacked, and have the fumble almost go out of bounds and lose the game. That that type of thing. So, how much more do you need to see out of him? Because there, there's he's done that. I know, I know. But that, like I said, there there is no. I we don't have anywhere else to go with him because he beat everybody out in practice. He's the dude. He's the guy going into the season. We don't have anyone anyone better, but he's not Bryce. He's not Stroud. He's not that guy. Well, that being said, he has something that Stroud doesn't have. This is very true. But if Stroud, <laughs> but if Stroud had our defense, you don't think Stroud could have done the exact same thing? I think anyone who quarterbacked Georgia last year – I, no, I can't even say that. I don't know because all he did was produce, and I still don't. 
Is it his stature? Because Doug Flutie was a Heisman Trophy winner and an awesome, uh, NF, uh, awesome college quarterback and a really good pro quarterback. I will say Stetson does have that intangible thing. I mean, there's some quarterbacks who are just winners. You know, David Green was like that. He he didn't wow you with anything, but he was able to win games. And That's all that matters. And that is all that matters. You are 100% right. Winning is all that matters. But they – it is – here's another thing. They know that he's coming now. They know that George is coming. Last year, he was almost a complete unknown, right? And um, it, he played the year prior. Yeah, but it was – you know, it wasn't – it wasn't – now he's like the marquee guy. So he's going to have a – he's going to have a little bit of a target on his back. He is the returning – college football national championship quarterback however with that being said also this is like his 17th year in college so <laughs> he's like joe burrow <laughs> so he has he has the experience too he can get better bless him though because i would do the exact same thing i would play college football for as long as i possibly could and with all the nil deals going on yeah it makes it, it makes it an even sweeter, an even sweeter deal for those guys. Hmm. So, him leading Georgia. Who are some of the other top QBs you're looking at this year? Uh, um, Levis at Kentucky was one. Um, I, you know, Kentucky's kind. Of, everybody has Kentucky kind of like as this dark horse. You know, they've got great running backs. They've got some. They have great coaching. But um, as a as a pro prospect. I think he's definitely one of those guys that that a lot of people that a lot of people love. Um, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Uh, people have high hopes for Miami. They do. Is, is that not is that not weird to say that after all uh, Miami's been down, they got a new coach. You know, it's it's still the same. I mean, still the same team that Coach Rick tried to resurrect and almost did resurrect. A couple of years ago, um, but they they finally have a quarterback who who can lead the team to the next uh, to the next level possibly. Um, but do you know do you know who I'm most excited about watching this season? Uh, Spencer Rattler. Exactly. Yeah, I'm 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 intrigued to see what Spencer Rattler is able to do at South Carolina with uh, in the SEC. Next year, or this year, this coming year. I'm, I'm excited to see. I am too. Like, there's a couple of quarterbacks. Spencer Rattler didn't just lose his talent. I don't yeah. know what happened at Oklahoma, but he didn't just lose his talent. So what does he need to do to bounce back? Like, does South Carolina even have the weapons for him around him? He had to have seen something to make him sign with South Carolina over all these schools that were pursuing him. So he might've, the, the the most important relationship on a team is between the quarterback and the offense coordinator. So that offense coordinator must've gotten his ear and said, Hey, we're going to let you throw the ball around. We're going to give you, we're going to give you a system that will make you look great. Hmm. You know what he saw? He saw dollar signs. That's another thing. That so I can't, a, I can't put any faith in the OC quarterback relationship anymore. 
well, a little bit, but it's the importance, I believe, has dwindled with all the NIL deals. So I think it was more of the cash that sent him to South Carolina. Yeah. Because it look, is. it's South Carolina. They're the only game in town. Huh. I'm interested in Casey Thompson at Nebraska. The now, first that question is... I have, yes. the first question I have is, I'm not even going to be flippant like that. I was going to say something about his father being at Oklahoma. He's going everywhere but Oklahoma. He went to Texas, the rival of Oklahoma. Then he goes to Nebraska, the rival of Oklahoma, where his dad played at Oklahoma. So that's, that's, I mean, that's an interesting dynamic right there. Like, why wouldn't he go to Oklahoma where there was a spot open? Well, I mean, some of it might be pressure. The other part might be going to play for a defensive coach like Venerables. Uh, I mean, family pressure being that your your dad was a uh, is that was there. Um, but but yeah, it just seems like that Oklahoma they can't change that much. They're 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 spread them out, throw the ball downfield type team. Well. I like Casey Thompson in Texas. Um, I would like him in Nebraska. Uh, the court, who's the uh, head coach at Nebraska? That'd be Scott Frost. Frost. Yeah, yes. Scott Frost. Like, I'm very interested to see what he can do with a more than capable quarterback in his offense. You saw what he did at UCF. Yeah. I yeah. think Nebraska may be a dark horse. And they play Northwestern in week zero in Ireland this year. They better blow the doors off of Northwestern. You know, they will. I have no doubt about that. Northwestern's coming off of a down year. However, two of the last four years, they've won the division championship, the Big Ten division, their division in the Big Ten. Right. But I was, I was going to say, that Big Ten, that Big Ten division is very skewed. One, it's very one-sided. True, true. I, they should have. I don't know what the ads were thinking. That that should have been, you know, Ohio State on one side, Michigan on the other, and filter it down like that. Not having maybe, them in the same. Division. Maybe they'll put maybe they'll put USC and uh, UCLA on that side. <laughs> More than likely. More than likely. Good call there. But Nebraska was. Zero and eight and one score games last year. That, and we watched a few of their games, and right. they had a lead for like the majority of the game. And then in the second half, the wheels fell off. So Scott Frost has to do better coaching, obviously. And I think I think he will because this is he's on the hot seat. It's a do or die year for him. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, getting rid of. Uh... Or having Martinez leave, be the Martinez was a he was a dynamic quarterback, but he was a, he was a runner, um, and it just did they for whatever reason it just didn't gel. Their styles and their relationship just didn't just didn't gel. So he he moves on to Kansas State, and they get Thompson in there, and yeah, it's going to be one thing. You know how last season we called it the 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 season of chaos. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call this the land of confusion. This year. <laughs> Why? 
Because I, as I looked up, it, I'm looking at all the schools and all the players and all the movement. I'm confused. I'm confused. There is no, there is no more loyalty. If you do not, if these players do not win that starting job, immediately they're gone. Hmm. They're gone now. So I'm gonna go Welcome to Atlanta. free agency. Yeah, like the college free agency. I was, I, I was like, that's why I had to call it the land of confusion. Because this, the landscape of college football is forever changed with the transfer portal and then to top that, the NIL. I am – one other note about Nebraska, and you hear me talking a little bit in depth about Nebraska. Um, they have the ex-Pittsburgh OC. Uh, I think his name is Mark Whipple. You saw what he did – um, yes. the quarterback at yes, I'm excited about Nebraska this year. I'm getting excited about them. Yeah, and, so, and they have opening day all to themselves. Yeah, because the rest of the schedule, I mean, another game, Wyoming versus Illinois. I mean, eh. You know, Illinois has, is going to have this up-tempo offense, which is different because Bill Bellama, you know, you know his style of offense. Big Lyman, run the ball. He's been successful at it. Now he's going to go up-tempo from what I hear. When you change coaches, you change philosophies, all those players are still there. You do not have the players for your system. So sometimes it takes a little while for your, for your, your system and your players to gel. You have to get at least two recruiting classes in there before that starts to gel. But but given that now you can just get anybody you want through the portal, it, it might happen a little sooner. <laughs> did Lubby Smith get fired from there or did he quit? I think he I think he quit. I think he just resigned. Okay. Okay. Well, you know who else is back in college football? Who's that? Jim Mora. Jim Mora. Where is uh where's Jim Mora? UConn and they play Utah State in the uh, in week zero. That is an interesting, uh, interesting landing spot for for Coach Mora. Well, I mean, his career declined. I mean, you know, all of his antics not producing in UCLA. You know, it's a starting spot. Plus, UConn was four and thirty-two over the last three seasons. Yeah, I think I think you or I could have coached him to that record. <laughs> Definitely me. You probably would have won like <laughs> twenty more games. So. I would have had. A, I would have maybe had a tie in there. You would have. Been, <laughs> I would have had four wins, the same number of losses, and a tie. I don't think the season is going to start out well because I think Utah State is going to run all. Of us. Yeah, yeah. They, Utah State is way more talent. Way more talent. They're the reigning Mountain uh, West champion. So, I. Yeah, it's not going to be close. That that's 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 Utah State all the way. Utah, you the state of Utah is playing some good football uh, between the Utes, Utah State, and BYU. That is, you know what? I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right. Utah is going to win the Pac-12 again this year. Yeah, you know who they open up with? I believe it's University of Florida. That's a win for Utah. Ooh, they my do. Goodness. Yeah, of course. Poor Florida. They're in there. 
yeah, they're they're not going to start out the season the way they they wanted to. Are there any more any more games you're interested to um, see this weekend and week zero? Uh, the Florida State game. The Florida Florida really? State. Yeah, I I do think. I mean, but just because I mean the next week they have to go against LSU and Brian Kelly in their first game, um, which is which is going to be. I mean, it's one of those all-time mashups. It's on a – I think it's on a Sunday night. Florida State and LSU. So, Florida State has some some really good wide receiver prospects. Um, and you you always think that that they're going to – because we grew up in the era where Florida State was amazing. Yes. Per, perennial powerhouse every single year. So, the, the, the recruiting has been down – and they're also going through a lot of uh, a lot of changes, so I want to see what they're able to do um, starting next week. So that's really that. That's really it. That, oh, there's one more: Florida A and M and North Carolina. <laughs> hey, the only in my first off in my notes about Duquesne at FSU, I yes. put I have like after they. Fired Bobby Bowden unceremoniously. Yeah, I lost all interest in Florida State. I they used to be the, the, my second favorite team in college football growing up, yeah. and now yeah. it's like, eh. it, you know. And then Willie Taggart, former FSU coach, is now at Florida Atlantic. Who they're going against um, Charlotte, and then. For FAMU and UNC, I I was like, I was thinking maybe this would be my upset special. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Somebody else told me that. I was like, yeah. I told them that game, and they were like, yeah, Florida A&M can get them. Why do we think that? Uh, well, one, they, they lost Sam Howell. Right. Uh, yeah, who, who, I mean <laughs> – you know that that is probably like, like probably like the the greatest drop off because uh, the preseason he was like oh he's gonna go first round to going wherever he went, um, but yeah so so that first game week zero is always a little tricky. Florida A and M is going to be so pumped, so amped to go out there. You know it's a it's a it's probably the biggest game they're gonna have this season. They're up against North Carolina. North Carolina isn't gonna give them. I mean North Carolina is isn't going to nearly be as excited to play this game. So, and college football is a game of emotions. If you come out there and you hit them in the mouth as hard as you possibly can, at first, you're going to knock them back on their heels. Then that entire game, they have to try to raise their emotions, raise their raise their level of play up to you, and you're just building momentum, building momentum, building momentum, and going. So if you don't – if North Carolina doesn't come out ready to play, they can lose this game. The greatest example, Michigan, the Michigan game against Appalachian State. Appalachian State was ready to play from the beginning. Michigan, it took them a little while to get going. It took it, it took all that time to raise their raise their level of play, raise their excitement, get up. But and they kept on chipping away at them. Still, the greatest upset of all time. This one would be this one would be right in the same neighborhood if it happens. I was thinking of making this my upset special, and then I realized. Even though they lost Sam Howell, they still have Josh Downs. Yeah, and yeah, he's a playmaker. Yeah, and and Mac Brown. Mac Brown's a great coach. Um, all time, all time great. So 
that's that's the other thing. Some of the younger coaches or some a coach with less experience, you might not be able to get that. You can sneak up on people, but you're not going to sneak up on Mac Brown. No. But the the game that I'm interested in, hear me out. Mm-hmm. Vandy versus Hawaii. Oh, that's a big one. And you know why? Right. I didn't realize this till a couple weeks ago. Hawaii's head coach is Timmy Chang. Do you remember Timmy Chang? Oh, I remember Timmy Chang. Uh, Hawaii quarterback uh, yeah. held, held a lot of passing records for a long time. I think Colt Brennan it was the guy who came out along and broke a lot of those records. But, yeah, Timmy was the man. But was it Timmy Chang that played Georgia in the Sugar Bowl? Was that him? I think that was Colt. I, 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 I'd have to look it up, but it was one of the two. It, they, they, were, I, they were one right after the other. I want to see what this offense under Timmy Chain can do. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Now, Vandy? Oof. Well, <laughs> you, know, you know what my, my image of Vandy is? Is what we did to them in the first quarter of last year's season. That's, that's my impression of Vandy. You remember yeah. that? We, we put 34 points on them in the first quarter last year. I don't how long is Vandy going to be in the SEC? Well, <laughs> contractually, I think they're probably there for the, the duration. It's hard, it's hard to get kicked out of a conference. It rarely happens. Usually you have to leave on your own. Oh, well, I, they go through coaches now. Like, it's hard to bring a coach into Vandy with all their restrictions. They, they are an anchor. <laughs> They're an anchor on, um, just like their emblem, on the SEC. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, there are a lot of schools that you could possibly switch for them. But they are <laughs> – let's just say they better win this game against Hawaii. They do have more talent than Hawaii does. They do. Do they, though? They, I think so. I, I think so. Um, is it in Nashville or is it in Hawaii? It's in Hawaii. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Um, do you know the one thing that I have, I have realized? Because I, I did watch I did watch Hawaii's bowl game last year. Um, and, they, and I remember them having a great group of receivers. But now it is so – we're, we're in an era now where the receiver is such a value position. More so, more so than ever. Where instead of being like the the icing on the cake, now the receivers are the cake. And if you have if you have great receivers, it's hard to mash them up with corners, um, especially um, in the first game where you're not used to, where you're it's your first time out under the lights. You know, you're playing on the road that that's that type of thing. So yeah, if. <laughs> And we know that what Hawaii is going to do, they're going to spread, spread you out and try to try to razzle-dazzle you down the field, hit you deep, hit you crossing routes, outs and ups, all that, all that stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, you, and- you, 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 you've already convinced me that Vandy's not going to win this game. <laughs> and you, you got to also, a key thing is, the receiver knows where he's going. Mm-hmm. You don't know where the receiver so you get, depending on the coverage, you know, if it's man-on-man, if you have a great receiver, because all the athletes now are going to the receiver, like you were saying, yeah. you know, you know, if you're going to do that dig, you know, if he, if he's off on you, you're going to do that dig, 
you're going to be open, make the play. If he's on uptight on you, if you're a great athlete, he's going to beat you deep. It's the OCs are worth the money that they're being paid, especially when they have the athletes at wide receiver. You're absolutely right. The wide receiver position in college football now is that and the tight end are the star positions. We came up in the running back era. I mean, you wanted a star, you wanted a five-star running back. That's what, that's what you wanted. Now uh, you need there, – there are five-star slot receivers, uh, five-star outside, Xs, Ys, Zs. So all these guys who can run great routes, get open, and run after the catch. Um, and it, it, I was going to say it's present. It, I don't know how much preseason you watch, but I'm sitting there watching preseason guys I've never heard of from schools that that are no bigger than Georgia State coming out here making circus catches because they're great athletes who can run routes um, with with great speed. You know, you threw a, you threw a uh, team out there, Georgia State. Do you know out of the 130 schools, just a fun fact, that in the SP Plus ranking, they're number 75? It's not bad. Like 70 or 75, that's really good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. That's a long way from a, for, for a program that hasn't been around that long. Oh, Absolutely. So, uh, I, there's one thing I did want to touch on before we call it. Back in the summer, we did our first episode, and we were talking about NIL and Nick Saban mm-hmm. and the Jimbo Fisher controversy, I want to say. Right. Nick Saban is a genius. Everybody thought he was... I think I even mentioned it on the episode, but they thought he was trying to go after Jimbo Fisher. He wasn't. He, he was going straight to the boosters. He's like, basically what he was saying, if you want to continue this perennial su- success that we have, you're going to have to up the ante here. You're going to have to pay. And the boosters are paying. And... You saw Alabama, you know, mid thirties, couple in, in recruiting rankings, mm-hmm. and then a couple weeks later, after that, they're in the top five. It's it's just it's scary because of the money, mm-hmm. but the way he's able to manipulate everyone for the Alabama calls, it's not just the X's and O's. It's everything. Greatest coach ever, right there. What do you what do you think of Dick Saban getting on uh, his podcast or his radio show saying that last year was a rebuilding year for Alabama? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I clutched. I was like, I was, I was like, I know he just didn't say that, did he? I had to, I had to rewind it. I was like, there's no way, there's no way that Dick Saban just said that was a rebuilding year for Alabama. That was a shot. That was a shot at you. That was a shot at me. That was a shot at Kirby. That was a shot at Uga. That was a shot, shot at Georgia. That was a shot at the Arches. That was a shot at everybody in the red and black. Huh. Well, think about this. How many players got drafted out off of Alabama? Not as many as Georgia. They had a first-year quarterback. Yeah. Who won the Heisman. Right. They did, have two, they did have two 
amazing wide receivers. They did. Yeah. But then they also had their second best player on defense, who will turn out to be their best player. Yeah. Was a defensive end opposite of Will Anderson, Mm -hmm. who will win the Heisman this year, by the way. Okay. Yo, that may have been a rebuilding year. Because, Mm -hmm. look, when the two receivers went down – who they else did no, they have that receiver? They had nobody. They had, that cupboard was bare at wide receiver. They had nobody. Was he lying then? No, I mean, yeah, he he wasn't. But just, but just come on, just take just take the loss. Take the For loss, Nick. Alabama just standards, it. though. Just take, Alabama just take, standards. Just take the loss. Take the loss. Say we 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 were outplayed. We got beat. Um, you call him a sore loser. I'm calling him a sore loser. That's exactly what I'm doing. He's a sore loser. Now we got to go, but now we really have to beat him this year. But I was going to say that the, the one thing that, I mean, we did have an all-time great defense, and who, who knows, if both those wide receivers stay healthy, it might, it, the whole thing might have a different finish to it. it. It might. But we went out there and played a game. They beat, they beat us in the SEC championship. We regrouped, refocused. Kirby said what he had to say, did what he had to do to get that team ready to play in that national championship game, and they went out there and won it. Hmm. So this is going to be Alabama's year of redemption. Yes. Redemption in the land of confusion. Also, I did have uh, – I, I do have two huge uh, players that I, I did want to talk about, too, before we finish. Okay. Finish, uh, so, one um, that I want to talk about was uh, Kendon Slovis. Uh, he was the former USC quarterback who transferred to Pitt. Yes. Um, I, I'm interested to see how he does it. USC was great. He was great. Um, but moving across and going to I, – I don't know what he saw at Pitt um, that made him want to leave, but that gets me to this. USC is ranked 15th in the nation. University of Southern California, right? Okay. Caleb Williams, the former quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh-huh. I am predicting that he will have one of the greatest seasons in college football history. They did also pick up Addison, the uh, – From – Or not from, what, what, Go ahead. Uh, from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's got he's got his number one, um, and we know that Lincoln Riley likes to spread the ball around, and um, that is that is kind of my there there are two te- in the whole top twenty five. There were two teams that that did kind of surprise me. USC being in there in Texas, you saw that Texas got a number one vote. Did you see that? Texas is on the level of Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> I am anxious to see. I actually, I actually, I'm about to order my. Uh, I got this root of fight. They have this awesome new uh, Texas. Uh, it's an Earl Campbell, Ricky Williams shirt. I'll, I'll yeah. send you a picture. It's fantastic. I already I ordered it. me a shirt. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk. I'll talk to my reps. You do after this. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk about that. I'll see about you getting a Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams Earl Campbell shirt to you. All right, but but yeah. So Texas, that Texas team. Uh, I, I don't know what they're seeing, and I don't understand it, but uh, Sarkeesian in year two has got to prove it. He's got, he's got a great quarterback. They have the best running back in the nation, 
And they did lose a lot of close games. Dijon Robinson. Dijon Robinson, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Those, those are my two surprise teams for this year, Texas and USC. I think my surprise team right now is going to be Nebraska. Yeah. I like I stated before, you know, they were zero and eight and close game and one score games last year. Um, I think Scott Frost, uh, he will put it all together. I, I believe in Scott Frost. I saw what he did in US, UCF. Yeah. So that's that's one of my surprise teams. The other that I'm watching very, very close that scares me is South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spencer Rattler and the Beamer kid, because mm-hmm. they, they always have some underrated wide receivers there and really good running backs. Yeah. And they play hard-nosed defense. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's <laughs> Georgia's. That's their lookout game. That's the one they need to be wary of. Not Tennessee. Not Florida. Southern or uh, South Carolina, the real USC. Yeah. Also, I'm going to say we're calling this a land of confusion too, because as a as a Georgia Bulldog, I, I'm used to playing South Carolina the second game of the season, but now it's all jumbled up. We're playing like Auburn in like September, and. <laughs> You know, I was you 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 know our our schedule, our rivalries, where, where we where we are in this. But now you're looking at the schedule, it's like we got Oregon, then we come back and play like uh um some a small school and then another. So so yeah, but Spencer Rattler, I would rather play him earlier than later because the, the longer he's there, the better he's gonna get with that with that uh with that system. Hey, where are you um tell us about what you're doing out in California right now. All right, the the XFL is coming together. Um, we're going to start the season January 18th. Um, so right now we're gathering the recruiting pool, um, and there's going to be a draft in January. So each team is going to go through and draft uh, their teams uh, from the recruiting pool. We did a whole lot of tryouts this uh, this past summer. Uh, getting kids in there, former former college players who are trying to get their their second shot, um, and you can tell from the from this past season of the USFL, a lot of those guys got in the NFL camps. They did. So so that that is that is good. That's good for everyone. So um, getting that settled, we got all the teams, we got all the locations. The closest one to Atlanta is Orlando, um, and uh, Texas has three teams. And then Las Vegas has a team, which is great. I'd love to be there full time. Also, <laughs> that's <was, that's> a <laughs> nice, nice place to be, and uh, no winner. But, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We got Rod Woodson as a coach. We got Heinz Ward as a coach. We got Terrell Buckley as a coach. So uh, a lot of former NFL guys. Uh, one former, one former Bulldog. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, to getting that season underway. Um, Looking forward to a great, great college football season as well, and it, it is all one big football family. Yo, on the next episode, we're going to have a special guest. I'm not going to reveal his name yet. Um, he does stuff for uh, college football also, and I want everybody to tune in for that. I also want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast Too Deep with Dennis and Pless. 
I'm Dennis Stovall, and this is Les Kelly. And thank you guys for listening. We're looking forward to getting a great season two and kicking off another college football season. To the next episode, everybody stay safe and watch all the college football you can. See you.